0: Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message, and may God bless you richly through it.
1: Our lesson today comes from the book of Philippians, chapter four, verses one through nine. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joys and crown stand firm uh, Thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What have you learned and received and heard and seen in me? Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. May God bless our hearing and understanding of his holy word.
0: Let me tell you a story. When I was still in seminary, I'd finished the first year, and I went to speak some folks in a little parish. It was called the Tremont Larger Parish, but there are only two churches left in it. When my mother was a little girl, they had nine churches and three ministers, and they'd all take turns preaching in three churches each Sunday, circuit preachers. Only two left, the Tremont Congregational Church and the West Tremont Methodist Church. It's since become a community center, so the Tremont Larger Parish is now just one one church now. And we went all through the the interview process and didn't figure out until they had decided that they wanted me as their minister, even if I was still in seminary. It was about an hour drive from, from home. We commuted every week. That that had been my grandmother's church when she was in Sunday school as a little girl. We didn't figure it out until they'd ask me to be their minister. It was strange. It was funny, and that I was a, about a third cousin to the choir director and you know small town stuff coming home to roost, I guess, because my mom grew up down there. Well, we were had we went to some kind of a church fair bazaar with a meal and whatnot, a couple of churches together, and at different points in the course of the afternoon, these two different ladies in the church each took me aside to tell me a story. The Tremont Ladies Aid Society, think Women's Fellowship in Sutton, similar kind of group, was getting ready for their their winter season and the lady who was elected chairperson that year had the gavel and she was going to Florida for several months. So they were discussing the bylaws and procedures and protocols of who would have the gavel for those three or four months. Well, Ruth and Jeanette kind of got into it a little bit, and as I listened to Ruth tell me the story, and then Jeanette tell me the story, arguing over who's going to have the gavel for the winter, and over their bylaws, so they were going to write with a book, or they thought they were. I'd gotten to know these two dear. I love these, these these are sisters, and I love them. But Ruth couldn't hear. I empathize with that even better now than I did then. And Jeanette didn't listen. Jeanette's husband, John, one of the nurses when he was on his deathbed said, is Mr. Varnum a very deliberate man? I said, you mean he doesn't talk much? Yeah, he doesn't get any bandwidth. Jeanette, Love to talk. And if you've ever used, I'm going to age myself here, how many of have used a CB radio at some point? I'm not the only one. You know when you're transmitting, you can't receive. I used to have an object lesson for Cub Scouts. I'd set up a couple of CB radios at opposite ends of a parking lot and teach them real quick, if you're talking, you can't hear. Poor Jeanette usually had the transmit keyed at all times. So Ruth couldn't hear Jeanette, Jeanette wasn't listening to Ruth, and the conversation went downhill very quickly. So each had to tell me her tale of woe, of how dearly she loved the other, but how she'd been wronged. And i was still a brand new pastor, but I knew enough not, not to say anything when I heard the stories. I loved them both. So back at seminary, I was talking to my Greek professor who had served 10 years earlier as an interim minister in that same parish. Small state, you know. Howie, Ruth and Jeanette told me this tale and I'm not sure what to do. He says, are they still talking about that? It was 10 years ago. They were talking like it was last year, last winter. How would you like to think that, now Ruth and, I'm not writing a story down, so Ruth and Jeanette are not going down and written history this way. Dear ladies, neither was really wrong. One couldn't hear and the other wouldn't listen. They loved each other. They continued to work together in the church, but they had to tell the new minister their story <laughs> 10 years later. How would you like to think that 2,000 years later, someone was reading your story of Jeanette and Ruth, I mean, Euodia and Syntyche, as wonderful workers in the church who couldn't get along, 2,000 years later, some preachers having it read aloud in church. Ouch, I, hope, I do hope they made up before they went on to the church triumphant. I really do. Now, it's interesting that we have two women's names. At first, translators thought it must be Euodia, that's a man's name, but Euodia is the, the lady, kind of like Patricia De Patrick. Syntyche is a woman's name. In Macedonia, Greek women had a whole lot more freedom and openness. They were in business. These ladies probably were hostesses for church that met in homes. They didn't have a, a building and a meeting house to meet in. So they would labored together. And look, they labored side by side with the apostle who founded the church. They had a wonderful history in his congregation. And Paul is so concerned because this, you know, when... And I think that's what Ruth and Jeanette were trying to do. They wanted to minister on their side, you know. When there's that kind of strife going on in a church, we're human. We take sides, don't we? And it fragments the work of the body of Christ as it was doing there. Now, there was one fortunate thing that the the phrase true companion, when he says, and I ask you, and this is a letter being hand-carried, I ask you, my true companion, the word is yoke fellow. And we don't know if it's a title of a worker in the church, a relationship with Paul, or a name. It's Synzogos. Thank God they translated a the true companion. That the Greek gets harder as we go. But he's asking another one says, please intercede. Kind of like our pulpit parish relations committee here. People dedicated to when relationships need help. They have dedicated themselves to being the the yoke fellow, the true and true beyond just, just genuine, a true companion in help, to help people who've labored side by side in the gospel. He doesn't ask them to get over the spat, does he? He doesn't say, One of you give in. He doesn't say, Ruth, you couldn't hear, and Jeanette, you didn't listen. He says, Agree in the Lord. Go back to your work in Jesus Christ and agree that the, the score on a scoreboard or who held the gavel of the Ladies' aid Society that winter doesn't matter nearly as much as agreeing in our Lord Jesus Christ and being sisters in his love. If early, If people try to tell you the early church was all male chauvinistic, these were leaders in the church that Paul was calling on the whole congregation. He named Clement and he named Tsutsugos and he said, please bring the congregation together to love these women back into loving each other in the Lord God. Wow. I hope if anybody ever writes another book to the Bible which is forbidden and my name's in it isn't because I disagreed with somebody that badly. (laughs) I wouldn't like to think that. I suppose in the history of the church it could happen, though. But anyway. Then he goes on to encourage them. Now, life in Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, by the way. This was a city built for retired Roman soldiers. This was a heart of empire. It's in Macedonia. So the culture was different enough that the, the women could have business, the women could be out of their homes. In much of Greece, like Corinth. Women had their own separate apartment in the house. If you think children were to be seen and not heard, women weren't even to be seen. The men gathered in the front of the house. Women stayed in the back and didn't go out in public. It was awful. Macedonia was a little more advanced than that. Maybe because of all these Romans, I don't know. But uh, tough place to be a Christian. Because it was still... The, the people from the Jewish faith were still looking at him, saying, "The Messiah has not come yet. You're renegades. You're troublemakers. The Roman Empire didn't trust him." And he says, "Even in that environment, rejoice in the Lord always." I repeat it. Now, parchment was expensive, and you had to hire a scribe to write the words. So, if you're repeating anything, it had to be well worth it. Again, I say, rejoice. Live in the joy that is in Jesus Christ to know that there's something beyond. Philippi or Macedonia or the Roman Empire or the United States of America or First Church, that there is great joy in being saved by Jesus Christ and knowing and knowing what we have in store through him. He says, the Lord is at hand. You know, that Jesus could arrive tomorrow that we've heard all our lives and we get complacent after 2,000 years, but he might. And he says, live in that expectation. You odious, you've only got today to mend it because tomorrow Jesus might come gather you up and you don't want to take that burden with you. The Lord is at hand. Prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And we gather the peace of God, which passes all understanding. The word shalom in Hebrew is beautiful. It's more than peace from war. It's peace with nature, peace in community, and more important, peace with God. And he said, we can have that beyond what we can understand, beyond what Euodia and Syntyche, with all the help of their whole congregation, can come to. God can grant greater peace than that if we ask for it, if we open our hearts and accept it. Then he gives a list of things to focus on. Now, anybody who has a social media account, I'll confess for all of us, it's awfully easy when you read something that that, that strikes you, not always positively, to hit share, isn't it? Slide and click, and it's on your timeline. Slide and click. Now, I'm I'm an old fart, so I use Facebook. Teenagers tell me I'm hopelessly outdated Still using Facebook, but okay, I understand it and know how to use it, mostly. Slide and click. Slide and click. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting thought, slide and click. I, I don't put my hand on my mouse anymore when I read Facebook. I learned. It's too easy. And Paul says, focus on what is true. What he uses for true is like bone-deep foundational Truths not just one fact over another. Whatever is honorable, and honorable has a sense of a holy honor to it in the word he used. Whatever is just, and just doesn't mean right and wrong. It said, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. And I I found about six English words for the Greek word that's there, I won't try to pronounce that either. Reasonableness meaning Yeah, okay, it says whatever is just. You ever get to a situation where you're looking at something and and how to address it? And I know we see it in the law. It might even be in the bylaws of an organization, or the bylaws say this, but grace and mercy say, well, you know what? There's another way to to approach that. There's another way to keep relationship sound. Reasonableness, I'd have to use multiple words like grace, mercy, Forbearance. Yes, some things need to be done with strict justice. But there is a higher standard sometimes, and that's what he calls us to. And he has a list of things to focus on. How easy would it be right now? And I'm tempted by it too. I was trained as a warrior. I see what's going on in the Holy Land. And I, I'm afraid the words scorched earth escaped my lips earlier in the week. That's not God's mercy and justice. That's, that's a worldly person speaking. But to watch what's going on there and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to pray, what is justice with what has happened? You heard the prayers, that evil be squelched, that God's people Find in all these different measures of reasonableness, honor, and other ways to protect themselves and their children. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure what to pray for there. But to focus in our faith on all this list of things that Paul has here, I could could probably preach a whole sermon if I took every one of those words apart. I'm not going to do this morning. Don't don't get uncomfortable there. but to focus on the things of Jesus Christ, the things of God that he gives. And Paul lists them out here. You can almost pray through the list, focusing on those things. If you're going to hit a share button on social media, let it be one of these things. Yes, we need to pray about evil in the world. We need to pray about horrific violence. We need to pray against that and that God bind it up. But in terms of the focus... on God and Jesus Christ. In our faith, in the long run, beyond this world, focus on these things that Paul puts in front of us. That we might know, and I'm still longing for it and praying for it, and I get glimpses of it, that peace which passes all understanding, that keeps our hearts and our minds, in the knowledge and love of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Work together in Christ. Be sisters and brothers. Shake hands when you leave a council meeting or a committee meeting or a board meeting or a business meeting or an athletic competition just like the teams do on the field, that the relationships mean more than the worldly organizations, the decision makings, even than worse. Live and love in Jesus Christ and focus on all the good things he gives us. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.